Canicross Conversations, chatting all things dogs and running. Join me, Michelle. Me, Louise, as we chat to guests and experts about dogs and running, sometimes whilst we are out running. Welcome to this episode of Canicross Conversations. Today, we're joined by Zoe Willingham, dog trainer and behaviourist, and she's going to chat to us today about dogs who perhaps don't like wearing Canicross harnesses and what we can do to help them. Hi, Zoe. Welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and just tell us a little bit about Best Behaviour Dog Training, which you run? Yeah, so um, I'm Zoe Willingham and I'm a trainer and a behaviourist and I run Best Behaviour Dog Training and Dogversity Online Training and we're based actually over in Suffolk but our online training goes all over the world. Um, We help dogs through every single life stage so we start at puppies all the way through to OAPs so we even have like 13, 14 year olds coming to our training services and we really are kind of like the one-stop shop for everything so we go from right from puppy classes through to gun dog agility um, we do fun workshops master classes um, and basically try to help owners throughout the whole life of their dog so it's it, we, we start with our owners get to know them get to know their dogs and we spend the rest of the time just having great fun with them for, for years and years on end which is brilliant sounds great yeah <laughs> perhaps and what do you like training them when they're a bit older I mean obviously you get them at any stage don't you so you just don't go from puppies yeah I mean we get all sorts of stages life stages come into us you know one of the oldest starts we had was nine years old and never done wow. any training before obviously done wow. a little bit at home and they came to us at nine years old and they actually did all their puppy certificates at nine years old which is really <laughs> sweet <laughs> that's great so we got you on today, Zoe, to chat to us a little bit about harnesses, because in Canicross, obviously, a harness is an essential piece of kit for us. Um, we need to make sure we've got a proper running harness. We occasionally come across dogs who don't either like things going over the heads or will, for example, my dog, she will stand stock still once she's got a harness on, like she's really uncomfortable and doesn't like it. So we, we just thought we'd get you on, just have a chat about what might be going on, what's causing this reaction. Is there anything we can do to help to help our dogs? Yeah, absolutely. I tend to see harness aversion happening for a number of reasons, actually. One of them can be that the puppy hasn't been or the dog hasn't been trained to wear a harness. Um, I think the temptation is, is people go to a shop, they buy a harness, they put it straight on the dog. And dogs are really, really good at putting up with things. They put up with a lot. And we put it on the dog, go, oh, yeah, that's great. That's lovely. We take them for a walk. Um, and then they go, actually, I didn't really like that. I didn't really enjoy the process of having that put on. I didn't really enjoy the process of having that taken off um, the clicking or the buttons whatever you're putting the harness on with can also affect them so noise can affect dogs adversely um, just say for example they happen to wear the harness for the first time they pulled in the wrong direction and it hurt them or jolted them there can be like a whole host of associations that they can make from the very first time they wear that harness some dogs wear harnesses for a long time they just get get it put on them and then later down the line they have a bad experience and 
that hurts them or they could have pulled a muscle when they had the harness put on and that hurt them so often it's caused with a pairing of something negative for the dog and that can be a, a vast array of things just either lack of training or it can be that they've had the training and maybe they've had a bad experience in it which we didn't even know about you know we don't always know about these experiences the dogs actually feel and see um, but sometimes that happens so there's there's quite a lot of things that we can do to try to prevent it and also to remedy the situation if and when that happens happens as well to our dogs so say you've got a new puppy or whatever and you're and you're going to put a harness on what sort of training do you how should we do it first of all what's what's the process I suppose yeah so the first part of the process really is to actually make sure that when the dog sees the harness they think it's a great thing so we don't even put the harness on in the first instance we actually just literally let the dog view the harness so they actually just think it's a really great thing so what we want the dog to understand is when the harness comes out when you bring out that harness out of the drawer because some dogs even I've spoken to people whose dogs run away as soon as you go to that drawer or that peg where that harness is hanging and they run and they're out the door so we want them to actually see the sight of that like just like a food bowl <laughs> the sight of that is a really good thing and we are going to as soon as that sight happens good stuff's going to happen to me so the first thing is is that we hold the harness up and then we feed the dog hold the harness up and we feed the dog and we do that over and over and over again over lots of tiny little um sessions and we repeat 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 and it's got to be that whole I've seen the harness oh yes good stuff's going to happen to me and it's going to be the best experience in the entire world <laughs> and that's what we're really looking for for our dogs to, to think really. And is it too late to do I'll explain about mine later but is, is it too late to start doing that? If you've got a dog that's already got a harness aversion, there's a couple of things that I would probably look at. Um, one of them is if they've already got a harness aversion, have they got an injury? So first check to make sure they've got no injuries and then we're not going to exacerbate that by putting a harness on and doing whatever activity we're doing with them. Because, you know, some breeds, they get problems with their backs, problems with their legs. And, you know, it's not always breed specific either. It can be any dog can hurt themselves yeah. at any time. So that's the first thing to rule out to make sure that we're not going to hurt our dog. Second of all, it could just be that something happened. So then we can start this whole process again. And then there's two things you can you can kind of look at there. One is you could look and get a different harness. So even a different colour, different feel, different clip mechanism that can make the dog think, oh, this is different. So this is different to the other one that I had. So that's often one way you can go. Um, or if you think the harness is actually, the harness you've got is actually like a really good one. You've just spent a fortune on it and it's really, really good quality and you really do want to stick with it. You can retrain that existing harness. But I think those are questions that you perhaps would just go through in your own mind to decide what is going to be the best course of action for your dog in your pocket of course as well <laughs> so yeah. it, it, there's a bit a few decisions to be made there <laughs> it's actually it's really difficult because pickle i she's a canny cross dog anyway and she she was fine with harnesses and then it, it, it she got a bit funny and I had a vet look at her because she'd lift her leg up well, she'd run she runs around the table it's like this whole process happens now so I just stand there and I have a biscuit so I give her I offer her the biscuit and then as she's eating it I put the carnets over her head don't know if that's right or not but that's that's what I do um and she all as soon as it goes on she's not happy but she's got no sensitivity on her chest because we've checked and everything like that but if I put her running harness on, um, 
she loves it. Well, she's she's fine, and it's a, it's a very different harness. It's the um, free motion one that we have, and she absolutely loves running. So yeah. I don't yeah, know what's yeah. going on with her. <laughs> yeah, so two, a couple of things spring to mind there. Really, for your specific situation, is one when she's she's got a great association with the running harness because she really loves it, and of course, yeah. when they have that on, this is adrenaline rush. It feels really good. And obviously, when they've got adrenaline in their body, they can't really feel pain so well and all of those things. So it's just like, oh, my God, it's really exciting. I just want to do this. And they just love it. And they just that's it. Just put the harness on. Get me out, mum. Let's have a great time. <laughs> have a great time of it. Yeah. All. Of course, if it's a different harness, um, the, the association may be different. Now, this often happens and I've had it happen with my own dogs, actually, where they have maybe twanged a muscle just inadvertently just being dogs and hooning around I've got loads of spaniels and they that's all they do <laughs> um and basically twanged the muscle and actually they don't that the muscle has repaired itself it's all fine but they still remember it they're still right. really conscious about that so sometimes it can be that memory that they they have there of that situation and yeah. what you and kind of what you described to me about kind of holding the treat feeding it is fine, but I probably would say, as with most people, I mean, we're all human beings. We all want to get from A to Z as quickly as possible. Quite often what we do is we do things too quickly for the dog. So if you've got a dog that is still a little bit unhappy with the harness, even if you're using treats, I would take that back a lot of stages first and put in lots of little micro stages in retraining the harness. So the first stage, as I mentioned, was holding the harness up. The second stage is the dog approaching the harness and I'd be shaping that behavior rather than rather than coercing them with a piece of food <laughs> I would actually because I, I know the nicest possible way um there's a lot of things I don't like doing but I probably would do it if I was given wine and chips to be fair I'm quite easily won over like that um so yeah I'm quite easily won over but then afterwards I still have the feeling like if I did something for wine and chips I'd still have the feeling of I still don't like that particular activity yeah. um, so so it wouldn't change how I feel about the activity but I would just do it because I'm hungry and I want wine and um, so that's the same for our dogs really and so what we need to make sure is is that they really are truly building up that confidence to go and go towards that harness so I would actually be holding the harness popping it on the floor waiting for them to take a, even one step forward and you can use clicker for this or you can use a uh, marker word like good or yes and then I'd be feeding the dog where the dog is not where the harness is because again we're we're forcing them almost like forcing yeah. the training yeah. you know we're about force free reward based training we do have to be careful that we don't poison what we're trying to do by always going come here come here come here come closer um, we want to make sure that we are always making sure the dog's making those choices and of course if the dog's making choices the dog starts to get really confident about it feels like they've got choices and then goes no it's fine mum I can get on and I can do this now I can go towards that harness because I know I've got a choice and you find if you're really patient in the early early stages of the training the rest of it does come more quickly afterwards. So that's kind of the best advice I'd give anybody that's looking at training a harness or retraining a harness is take it really slowly. So you yeah. would then, so like, for example, if I did that tomorrow morning, when, yeah. you know, when I tend to put a harness on to go out for a walk, I wouldn't then, um, if I start doing it, I wouldn't then put the harness on because we haven't got to that stage exactly so what I quite often do with my clients is we'll often walk them on a flat collar if we're training a harness in, in that period of time or if a flat collar is really a problem um, 
a lot of my uh, clients in this situation will actually just hire a dog walking field, scoop the dog up, put them in the car, scoop them up to the dog walking field, do loads of intensive training at home. So they're not actually poisoning anything that they're doing whilst they're doing intensive training. And I've had clients that have done that for like a week or two weeks and the dogs come out of the process wearing the harness perfectly happy about that as well. So that's an important one. And the other thing is, I mean, with Canicross, uh, the Canicross harnesses fit really well but that's not always the case with a normal pet dog walking harness um those harnesses you see them slipping all over the place moving around people buy them three sizes too big for the puppy because they're going to grow and of course it's not comfortable and it hurts them so you know there's there's those things to consider as well a well-fitting harness from the the get-go is really important for for everything walking can across everything you do with your dog no, that's that's, oh, that's really interesting. They're such complex creatures, aren't they? And I think that rings true. It's give them time. So that whole process, you said, could take weeks, really, to get yes. them to it and get them accepting the harness on their own terms. Yeah, I mean, on average, with a young puppy that's just not nervous or worried, um, normally every, doing a bit of training every day to get a puppy to take a harness normally takes a week or two weeks. And you'd be doing that whilst they're waiting to be vaccinated. So that would be your kind of homework before the puppy's even got their second vaccine and is going out the door. So that window works really well when you set puppies up to do that. Um, when, if it's a if a puppy or dog that has had a bad experience or is just kind of the harness is a, is a thing of dread, then that can take a bit longer and I think the thing is there is no set timeline on it as with everything that we do um, it is down to the individual I mean I'm scared of spiders and I can't imagine myself getting over that in a couple of weeks um, or months or years <laughs> um, but um, you know let, but it's, it takes as long as it takes and we have to be really patient with our dog because if we are we honestly do get results like one day you'll just be um, really shocked that your dog's actually been able to accept that harness and then you'll just be okay I wish I'd have done this before because that was like four weeks of kind of or five weeks whatever it is of just giving them a break from it all and they just accept it and and things do improve and it's much much nicer for you and for them rather than chasing them around and diving under the table after them to get the harness on yeah definitely okay so because we do fittings when we do taster sessions Louise and I we will often bring a kit bag of harnesses to try on dogs in the car park yeah So how can we make that experience better? Because the dog has to try a harness on. We don't want to kind of upset the dog. So have you got any tips there about how we could make that process a bit easier? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, think about the environment. I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen trainers, not canny cross trainers, but trainers doing this in car parks where there's passing cars, other dogs barking and things like that. And you're kind of thinking, oh, blimey, there's a lot going on in this environment that could potentially trigger that dog. Um, some are OK, some don't care, but others do. Um, so environment is really important. The environment where you're doing the training is important. Um, but in that situation where you're just trying it on, you the dog is normally because they're in a strange place it's normally they have the most problems at home um because they're in a strange place they're normally quite busy with their environment so that's quite enriching and rewarding for them so quite often they're like sniffing over here sniffing over there and there's like this person behind me and I, oh let's just let her carry on doing what she's doing because I'm busy with this um, a really nice simple thing to do is most dogs like using their nose um do like a really nice high value food scatter so every time you're fiddling around 
changing the the measurements or changing the the, um, the girl, anything that's going to affect the dog and make it feel different just another food scatter on the floor so even if um they can feel your hands or they can feel you moving the the harness around it's like a harness has moved food scatter on the floor because what you're basically doing there is you're you're kind of starting the training you, you've got to do what you've got to do because you've got to get yeah. the harness fitted so oh. that you get it and start conditioning it um but that's the best way to do it because you're pairing it up with something really nice for that dog once they're finished let the dog have a play um eat food whatever the dog really loves cuddle with the owner um get the owner there at the front end you know just talking to them reassuring them don't make a big thing of it though so we don't want to be kind of like oh they're putting on a harness for you fluffy you know be worried because <laughs> that's the yeah. other thing we're really good at is we get worried and then the dogs get worried so um that's the other thing to be to be aware of as well so yeah it's a really fine line that we tread as human beings around our, around our dogs yeah. But yeah, definitely that will help. Um, just you know, get your, get loads of nice food out. That generally helps most dogs get over that initial kind of what's going on. But generally, they're quite busy with just life yeah. itself. <laughs> In so the- I've, I've not had many problems. I don't think when I've had been putting harnesses on a, a someone else's dog. Um, yeah. it's, it's usually just mine. <laughs> yeah, a few kind of avoiding. You know, when you go to put it over the head. Yeah, a few avoiding, kind of not wanting to put it and turning away. And then their owner kind of struggling to turn them around and get it fitted. You, and then I've had a dog kind of snap at me. So I'll stop doing that now. I'll put that on the owner now. I was going to say, I don't yeah. I generally, just because of COVID, I stopped doing it. But I generally get the owner to put the harness on. Because yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a stranger lunging towards a, a yeah, dog. Yeah, it's not good. Not. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. And another nice thing you can ask the owner to do is you can hold it up like a loop like a noose in a way and ask the, ask the owner to basically have a piece of food the other side so the dog actually puts their own head through so you're almost yeah. luring them through that if you've got to get it over the head um, and the owners normally do that quite well and we actually teach that in our puppy classes we get them to learn just to put anything over their head it can be a hoop or, or anything just so they get used to, to getting stuff yeah. you know, over their head really and you know things like when when puppies are really young you know getting puppies to go through tunnels and stuff as daft as that sounds the whole idea of sticking their head in something yeah. or going into something unknown really does build the confidence for things yeah. like this later in life yeah and I think that's do you know you, you just uh, spark something then because I think that's what I was told or taught hold the, the harness and yeah. uh, the food the other side so they put the head through but I've obviously got my hand through there now and, <laughs> and you're like come on while you're there let's put yeah, it on, yeah, on. we tend to rush things don't we yeah well, we do because we're always time limited aren't we but um yeah yeah well uh, I'll, I'll work on this and I'll report back to you might okay. do a little might have to do a little video diary for it <laughs> Yeah, and I think you will get there from what you said, what you've described. I think you will get there with it, and most people do. And if you do all this stuff, and that's the other thing, if somebody does all this stuff, if they really do take their time, they've checked the, you know, had a vet check done, and you've done all of this, thing, all of these things, and there's still a problem, then I would go back to the vet, and I've done that myself with my own dog, and gone, I've done all this stuff, I've done everything I should do, um, behaviourally with the dog, and it's still not right. So I need further investigation investigation and 
we went down the routes of MRIs and all sorts, and we did find some, there was a, there was actually a problem with the vein that runs down the side of the back, and it was very intricate what happened, but it was really, the harness thing was was like a, an indication for us that there was yeah. something wrong, but we, we went for a process to kind of rule it all out. So, yeah, so that's, so if you, I suppose what I'm saying is, if you do get to the end of the road and you really have done everything, then it is just worth another check. There's no harm in it at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so while while we've got you on, um, we were going to ask you to chat a little bit about muzzles as well. Um, yes. <laughs> kind of a similar thing. And we wanted to talk today a bit about not only training a dog to wear a muzzle, but also just training other people's perceptions of them as well. Um, because quite often if you see a dog in a muzzle, it can make people feel a bit nervous around you. Um so sh- should we start with the dog and how we would kind of you know why we would choose to wear a muzzle um, yeah so how we would do that yeah so I think like you're right you know there is this really um, horrible connotation of if the dog's got a muzzle on they must be vicious or they must be aggressive and that is just simply not the case um in fact actually I use muzzles sometimes if I'm going to busy places because people keep trying to touch my dogs <laughs> I'll put a muzzle on the dog just to keep people away and it's brilliant it's really good so if you want to go somewhere and go to the pub and be left in peace just pop a muzzle on your dog and they'll just leave you alone it's brilliant from that point of view um so um, especially now restrictions are, li- are lifting I was thinking how am I going to keep people two meters away and that that's that's one way <laughs> um so that that's one thing um the the other thing is you know it can be really pleasant for the dogs to wear and you know our, our dogs just you show them a muzzle and they're like this is brilliant let me put my nose in and they're like almost <laughs> fighting to get to it because they actually enjoy wearing it um and I you know this is the thing it's, it's got this stigma attached to it but I always say to my puppy owners I teach this because there's going to be a point in your dog's life where they may be in pain they need to have a vet look at them and the only safe way of doing it is by having a muzzle on because they're in pain and they're going to react so we should then make sure the dog is muzzle trained so that's one less hassle that dog's got to deal with on that day um and it's come to fruition a number of times but people come back to me and say i'm so glad i did that because he did have to wear a muzzle he's a he's he's a really friendly little cockapoo but he did have to wear a muzzle wouldn't say boo to a goose but he on this occasion he was not happy and he had to wear a muzzle and it took the stress out of the situation for the owners and for the dog so there's that element of it there's the medical side of it um but also there's the the sort of social side of it as well you know some dogs pick up stones and they eat stuff they shouldn't um so it's important some dogs are able to wear a muzzle from that point of view um, some dogs are you know, have, are on a special diet. So I've known some that have had pancreatitis and there's so much litter and rubbish on the streets nowadays. And, you know, one piece of food, a bit of McDonald's for that dog would potentially kill that dog. So, you know, it can yeah. be life saving as well for the dog. So there's so many reasons why muzzles should be taught and worn. Um, and I just it would be so nice if if everybody started to be a bit more accepting of them and realised that actually um, it's it's actually often for the good of the dog not not because they're aggressive and and you know what even if they are aggressive how is that that the owner is actually taking that action to allow the dog to have a normal life but say you know be protected also protect others just in case that one percent of time 
that dog felt a little bit worried and did react. Um, so it's it's not, you know, muzzle shouldn't be in place of behavioural therapy, but it's there to protect everybody. And I think that's great. When owners do that, how good is that? I would love to see more owners doing that, to be honest with you, <laughs> because there are a lot of dogs that should be wearing muzzles that aren't at the moment. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same. It, it's kind of the same with kind of dogs off lead who aren't under control, isn't it? It's the owner taking responsibility and you know making sure that that dog can't come to any harm or harm anybody else. So yeah, absolutely. And this, yeah. you know, for for a dog to be out and about wearing that muzzle, keeping everybody safe, it's yeah. it, it's great. Um, it's also good as well because it kind of reminds you that you know the one thing that people are really good at is um, I see it in classes. You know, other people just met this random person, this random dog who they've never seen in their life before, and they go running up to that dog and hand out and here, doggy, doggy, and you're like, oh, you've never met them before. You never met the human. You've never met the dog before, and yet you think it's all going to be fine and it, it the thing is it normally is because yeah. I'm in a puppy class and they wouldn't come if they had an aggressive dog but the point is is like that could so be different with an adult dog <laughs> and it's amazing mm. it's amazing how all sense goes out the window when there's a dog on a lead <laughs> in front of them <laughs> a cute looking one as well which could yes. probably be the snappiest ones exactly. but, so how do you train a muzzle is it the same sort of ways as you you with the harness very similar so you'd start off with the sight of the muzzle so sight of the muzzle means good stuff happens and that good stuff could be food it could be um, toys or play it could be whatever your dog really likes so then I talk a lot about food reward because like 90% of the dog population loves food but reward can be anything the dog finds rewarding as well so just point that out really um, some dogs love play some dogs just love a cuddle um, so it's whatever's the most rewarding for your dog um, we can then start to um, hold it and then when the dog gets nosy which like that's again 90% of most dogs and start sniffing towards it we can mark and reward that well done for coming towards it and then guess what good stuff's happened and you're now going to get a nice reward of some sort um, for doing that and then they get even more nosy and well there must be something right at the end of this muzzle so I'm now going to stick my nose right into that um, and then you get you get the dog actually put in the muzzle right you know putting their nose into the muzzle right to the end of the muzzle which which is great it's your first day and again like with the harnesses um, we don't do our harnesses up straight away we just lay them on the dog's back initially whilst we're doing all the conditioning again don't be tempted to oh they've got their nose in for the first time I'm going to do that up strap them in and leave them there for 10 minutes don't be tempted to go too fast with it it has to be in and out of that muzzle in and out of that muzzle until they're happy to do it and another, a little tip I use actually when I'm training um, dogs is I don't even start with a muzzle actually. Um, I start with a plant pot because oh, wow. <laughs> because dogs love sticking their noses in stuff generally it's just just how they are um so I start off with a plant pot and actually do you know getting them used to sticking their nose in the plant pot first and rewarding them for that and if you've got a really scared dog who's maybe I've had two hours I've had like the biggest plant pots ever in the world <laughs> to stick their head in obviously on the side because they don't they don't think they can go into the little tiny plant, plant pots that actually do suit their head and then we just reduce and reduce and reduce Aww. that size and it's such a great way 
if you've got a dog that's a bit scared of sticking their heads in things, start off with something really big and light and then you can get smaller and smaller and then work towards the muzzle later on. So there's loads of stuff you can do, even if you don't own a muzzle today, go and find a plant pot or a plastic cup, um, something like that, that you can start training that muzzle. Um, you can start training that straight away and that will help you for when you do get your muzzle <laughs> ready for your dog. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great tip. That sounds lots of fun as well. I think Poppy, my dog, would love that, actually. That's a game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It is a game. And, um, you know, if, like some dogs, I always know who the yogurt pot lickers are when they come to class because they're the ones with their noses straight in the plant pots. And I often ask people, I say, how come they're so good? And they're like, yeah, they lick all the yogurt pots always. <laughs> so I can always tell who they are. <laughs> Perhaps I need to start putting the uh, yogurt pots on the floor for pickle. <laughs> <laughs> definitely get some interest there i reckon <laughs> yeah and, and what i've learned about muzzles just teaching canny cross as well is the size of them so that because i think people also think well, it's cruel and it, you know it's it's not nice but you know we we have i have various dogs that run in muzzles and they're, they're quite big aren't they and they can drink and they can eat through them and um so and i think there's some really good brands out there now for people to to buy yeah. There really is. I mean, you've got you can you can stylize your muzzle. You can have a muzzle in any color, shape and yeah. size you want. They can custom make them, and they are great because they can do exactly all those things you just said. All those natural behaviors. They can breathe properly. They can drink. They can eat properly. And yeah, it's it's to them. It's like it's like not having anything on their face. They just get so used to it. They're not. It doesn't worry them at all. Um. So yeah, it's it's, it's great. And I think it's quite cool that you can actually match your harness to your uh, to muzzle color. I mean, like they've got everything these dogs these days. <laughs> you know what colour mine would be, don't you, Michelle? Uh, orange. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Everything's orange. Everything, yeah. Great branding. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, that's, that's really good. Have you got any other tips or anything with muzzles or harnesses that we, we should be thinking about? I think really the takeaway message really is take it slowly. So I think that's the biggest message mm -hmm. there. Take it slowly. Do one tiny, tiny stage at a time. And I always say to people, if you think that's the stage, try and break it down even further because breaking stuff down into teeny tiny micro stages really helps our dogs. If you think of our dogs learning like a lasagna <laughs> and it's layer after layer after layer. <laughs> got some great analogies. I love that. <laughs> oh, I come up with all sorts. I must have too much time on my hands. <laughs> no that that is absolutely brilliant i think i'm off to um start uh, just lay the uh harness out for pickle and give her some food <laughs> so um... yeah i'm gonna give it a go with poppy i've got a couple of harnesses that she's not worn before and i think i'm, I'm gonna try that and just get her used to wearing that for kind of going out for a run and see because yeah she's definitely uncomfortable shall we say just the way she stands still so we'll see how we go yeah, yeah it's like you've yeah. <laughs> It's like you've really, you know, really upset them, isn't it? When you, I know, <laughs> you think you're not running. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Yeah. No, Zoe, thank you so much for your time. There's been amazing uh, tips and advice in there. And uh, yeah, Michelle and I will will uh, see how we get on with it uh, yeah, with, our, with our two dogs. So where can people find you, Zoe, if they want to find more information about what you do, about your online courses and things? Yeah, so our website is www.bestbehaviourdogtraining.co.uk and everything we do is on there we've got um, free advice blogs podcasts tips and also our online training as well where 
we actually have a handling course which is useful for this type of thing as well so lots of help and advice free advice on there too if you need any help but yeah I'll be looking forward to hear how you guys get on with your own dogs so. <laughs> yeah we'll definitely let you know I had a look you've got some great articles on your website actually I was reading through some of the training ones this week um really really useful we'll pop a link to your website in the show notes below lovely thanks so much for having me on I really appreciate it that's great thank you thank you